You now are listening to the audio podcast of Prisoners of Hope, the antidote to what ails your heart. I'm your host, Dr. Deborah Witsis. So come on in, pull up a chair, and open up your mind as you get ready to receive the download that hope will bring. Well, welcome to another episode of Prisoners of Hope, and I hope you're having an excellent day. Today we're going to be talking about the concept of truth, and since we're going to talk about truth, we also have to talk about lies. I remember my mother told me many years ago, in order to understand or know or to be able to identify a good man, you have to know what a bad one looks like. (laughs) So we're going to look at both sides of the continuum. We're going to look at truth and the lies we tell ourselves. Freedom. Isn't that a nice word? Just saying it gives air to your soul. Freedom. As opposed to bondage. I mean, it's like bond. It's like it takes all the air out of you, but gives you nothing. (laughs) So we're going to talk about freedom. Have you ever ever heard of the saying that the truth will set you free? There's that word free again. It comes from the Bible, John chapter 8, verse 32. It says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, how, how do you know the truth? How is that possible? There's so many fake things in our society. You Google and the top four things you look at, but did you know that people pay to be the top four? And it might be the 17th thing that is the thing that's important for you to look at. But you trust Google, so you Google it. And you don't search beyond the top four. Reality TV? (laughs) It's scripted. Do you think survival, they're actually surviving out there? (laughs) Please. Customer service. You might be a customer, but good luck getting service if you get anybody to answer the phone. Jumbo shrimp. (laughs) Is it jumbo or is it shrimp? Diet plans. I'm a witness to tell you that most of them don't work. I mean, look at the word diet. It has the word die in it. (laughs) So let's search. What is true? How do we know? Glad you asked. I'm glad you asked what's true. You need to beware of your beliefs because your beliefs can distort the truth. So if you're on YouTube, you can really see this, but I'm going to try to describe this for those people who are in this audio files. Think of a big circle. I guess your head is not the shape of a circle unless you're a cartoon character, but I digress. Think of a big circle. In the middle of the circle, you have your beliefs. Okay. And then think of another circle that is nowhere near 
your circle. And in that circle, there are truths. So your circle to the left in your mind is your beliefs. The circle to the right, which is not even in your mind, is the truth. In between your beliefs and the truth is a valley. I call it the valley of lies. Give you an example of this. My mother passed away about 14 years ago. God rest her soul. She's with Jesus. She wouldn't come back if she had the chance. And um, I, at the time, was very ill when I was in the hospital. And my mother died on a Wednesday. I think it was a Wednesday. And I wasn't cleared to travel till Friday. But she died before I could get there. And my sister knew she was terminal. And she had decided that she wasn't going to tell me that they would tell me when I arrived. When I found that out, I felt that my sister had hid things from me. And the end result of it, that I didn't talk to my sister for over like two, maybe three years. Because I felt that she was hiding that from me. And how dare she do that? When I did accidentally call her (laughs) on my phone, it accidentally called her because I was uh, driving the freeways of California and you can't touch your phone. So it dialed her. Isn't isn't that accident? Isn't God amazing? (laughs) And she answered the phone and I couldn't hang up and go, oh, I didn't call you (laughs) because my name came up. And then we start talking and she apologized and she said she just didn't tell me because I was so ill and she was afraid that that would affect my rehabilitation. So my belief was incorrect. And the truth did not intercept the belief at all. In between The truth and the belief was a valley of lies in which Satan loves to play in this. He loves to tell you lies. You know, I always tell um, one friend of mine that Satan, he is not creative. He's just tenacious. He comes at you with all kind of lies like, who do you think you are? And believe this and believe the worst. So Satan is in the valley of lies. Now, if you can see, um, if you're on YouTube, you can see that that now I have two circles intercepting each other. I have beliefs still on the left and truths on the right, but I have like a common area. The truth doesn't cover all of our beliefs in this particular example. You just have an area in between where the truth intercepts your belief. You know, my prayer is all the time, God, please point out things that I believe that are not true. Things that I believe about who I am. Things I believe about who other people are. Things I believe about certain situations. Just reveal the truth to me. You know, the Bible says something about from glory to glory. (laughs) I think you could substitute the word glory from truth to truth. That we go through life in a haze a lot of times in the valley of lies. And it's only momentarily we get to see the truth. And I pray for myself and for you as my listeners that you have more time 
that you spin in in the truth instead of the valley of lies. Now, in your beliefs, in the area that does not intercept the truth, there's your comfort zone. And if you're on YouTube, you'll you see two coach potatoes, <laughs> coach potatoes, couch potatoes. <laughs> And they're kind of, you know, playing with each other, kind of comforting each other. Your comfort zone is where everything you're comfortable with, your job, the people you spend time with, your social media feeds, uh, the books you read, your comfort zone, the television programs you watch, your comfort zone. Uh, It's called your comfort zone because you've been there many times and it's very hard to leave your comfort zone because it's comfortable. Now, where beliefs intersect truths, that area, if you're on YouTube, you can see it's pink and it is what we call wisdom. Wisdom is where our beliefs are, are true. Remember the various caveats that we that I talked about in the first episode of Prisoners of Hope. Let me go over it again. Your belief is not a prereq, not a pre-requirement for the truth. Just because you believe something doesn't make it true. And then I always give the example of pushing you in front of a a truck. You don't have to believe in the law of physics, but you're going to die. You're going to suffer the result of the law of physics. So your belief is not a prereq for the truth. Now, outside your comfort zone where you have wisdom, it, it is there's progress but a lot of us like to just take our little toy, our little toy, our little toe and just kind of dip it in that area that is unfamiliar. Outside of your comfort zone is the land of unfamiliar. But that's where we grow. I mean, if you work out, you know, you have to tear down the muscles first and it's got to be uncomfortable for you to develop that physique that you're looking for. You don't get it by uh, (laughs) drinking some magic elixir. It takes work. It takes work. Now, how do you obtain wisdom? Because remember where beliefs and truth intersect, that's wisdom. How, How do you get wisdom? Well, You need to consult the architect. The architect is God. He's the one who who developed the blueprints. And in Proverbs 12, 15, it says, fools think their own way is right. Which comes across another caveat for this podcast. Remember, I said, could you be wrong? Could you be wrong about yourself? Could you be wrong about people around you? Could you be wrong about situations you're in? Could you be wrong? So back to Proverbs, it says, fools think their own way is right. But the wise 
Listen to advice. Listen to advice. The wise listen to advice. You know, in the medical field, they do not let uh, doctors operate on themselves. And you're like, oh, that's kind of crazy, Deborah. You can't operate on yourself. They don't let. I remember one time when my son was taken to the emergency room after he was shot, the receiving nurse knew him because uh, her son and my son went to school and they sent her home because she froze. She's like, oh, my God, that's Christopher. She froze. So they do not let doctors operate on their cells. Even psychologists have counselors and other psychologists they talk to. I mean, Tiger Woods was a great golfer or is a great golfer. But he has a coach. I'm going to repeat that. He's a great golfer, but he has a coach. He does not counsel himself. He does not give advice to himself. A person who gives advice to themselves is a fool. You don't want to be a fool. Now, you need to watch. You got to be careful where you get your advice. You got to be very careful because there's a lot of pitfalls out there. The enemy, he prowls around like a lion, seeing who he can devour. So you got to be careful who you take your advice from. Now I want to go now to the aquatic world or the world under the sea. There is um, a fish <laughs> that's called an opportunist uh, blemies. I think that's how it's pronounced. I'm sorry if that's wrong. But what this fish does is that it hides. If you on YouTube, you can see a picture of a little fish sticking his head out. It hides, and if a it's, it's a meat eater, and if a fish comes by, it runs up and takes a bite, and then hides. <laughs> okay, there's a point. Hang on there. There's also a false cleaner fish, and false cleaner fish fish are oh they're even more conniving. Okay, so cleaner fish, they do a dance and they have a certain color and they shimmer in the water and a big shark will actually almost like he's hypnotized. He stops and he rolls his eyes back in the back of his head. They call it a symbiotic relationship where the cleaner fish is, goes through and cleans the shark and the shark does not eat the fish. Well, over time. There is a fish that, and I can't pronounce it because it's a scientific <laughs> word, that we call, we're going to call him a false cleaner fish. And he has learned to mimic the colors of the real cleaner fish and to mimic the dance. And so when his bait roses, eyes and back of his head and stays still, this fake cleaner fish runs out <laughs> and grabs a big piece of meat out of the fish and then runs away. See, because the big fish is kind of like in a trench and it takes him a while to realize that he's been damaged. 
There are opportunist people who I call emotional vampires. And they run up and drain your energy. (laughs) And then they run away, leaving you heartbroken and lonely. More dangerous are the false prophets or the false cleaner fish because they look like, oh, they're going to really help you. (laughs) But then (laughs) they lead you astray. They lead you in the wrong direction. They run up and take a bite out out of you while you're most vulnerable position because you trusted them. So you have to be careful about the wolves that are in sheep's clothing. You have to watch out for the false prophets when you're trying to obtain wisdom. Well, how do you know about false prophets? How do you how how do you get this wisdom? Well, I'm glad you asked. You get to know the voice of God. In Psalms 29 verse 3, It says the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. He thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice is majestic. You have to get to know the voice of the Lord. Well, I don't know what the Lord sounds like, you might say. This is how, number one, this is how you get to know the voice of the Lord. Open up your heart to the word of God. Open up your heart to the word of God. It's got to go from your head to your heart. From your head to your heart. Now, I've been a Christian Perhaps, you know, since I was, gosh, I think I was 12 when I first got baptized, and I'm considerably older than 12. And I could quote, you know, passages like, oh, I have to leave so the advocate, uh, the protector can come. That's the Holy Spirit. I knew all of that. I, I, I had it all running around in my head. But it wasn't until... I had three critical accidents out of my two sons. You're like, well, what do you mean? Three out of two. Yeah, one son had two accidents. Okay, one son is legally blind because of car accident. That's one. The that same son had his foot uh, crushed, crushed because he's legally blind on the left side, and somebody came up on one way street on the wrong side, didn't see them. And then another son was shot point blank in the chest when we moved here to Colorado. So I had a lot of questions. I I, I had also a a lot of anger. And I did sit down and I wrote a book called The Accidents. Now, um, the publisher, the editor, 
that worked for the publisher said, oh, do you mean that you want an explanation point after the word accidents? And I said, no, no, no. I want a question mark after the word accidents because I was questioning God. Have you ever questioned, you know, what's what's happening? Well, what are you doing? What's happening here? Didn't didn't you promise me in uh, Romans eight twenty eight that everything will work out for good for those who love the Lord and have been called according to His purpose? Now a lot of people overread that because they said, "Well, didn't say things will work out for good." Yes, it says it will work out for good. It doesn't say that everything that happens will be good. Now, the reason why, back to the title of the book, it was called "The Accidents?" Question mark is because I could not figure out what the heck was happening, but there's also a deeper meaning behind that. It's because through these three accidents, I was able to draw closer to God and to learn the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's been such a gift in my life. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. The whole title of the book is called The Accidents, question mark, A Journey of Surrendering to the Holy Spirit. And oh my gosh, if you don't know who the Holy Spirit is, get the book, read it. It reads like a movie. <laughs> All the names have been changed to protect uh, everybody, <laughs> I guess, but I'm telling you all now, but... Um, was it really an accident? Most people are not as hard-headed as me. Most people would have turned around after the first accident, but it took three for me to turn around my life. And when I was ready, he provided me a way to do that. Number two, you need to spend quiet time. This is how you know what the voice of the Lord sounds like. You need to spend more time with God. The more time you spend, the more familiar you are with God and his voice. You know, the more time you spend with somebody, you begin to mimic their behavior. You begin to reflect, to project who you're spending time with. You guys, if you spend time with somebody who curses all the time, guess what's going to happen to you? Your language is going to change. If you spend time with somebody who has a southern draw, you'll 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 pick up the southern draw. It's we're we're creatures of community. So that's true in the spiritual world and that's true in your everyday world. The more time you spend with somebody, the more likely you begin to reflect their behaviors, their mannerisms. So spend time with God. A lot of people ask me, well, what does the Holy Spirit sound like? This is my personal 
um, experience. So it's, I'm not saying that's true for everybody, but the Holy Spirit sounds like me. <laughs> it really does. It sounds like me, but it's not my idea. Matter of fact, a lot of times I want to argue <laughs> like what? <laughs> that don't sound right. So when the Holy Spirit talks to me personally, it actually sounds like my own voice, but it is not my own idea. Matter of fact, it's nowhere in my mental repertoire at all. I don't have it even on the chart to think about it. That's what the Holy Spirit sounds like for me. It might be different for you. Number three, hear and follow. It says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. That's John 10, 27. Not only hearing, you got to follow. <laughs> if you hear and you don't follow, that's crazy. You are in the territory of a jester or a fool. So you got to hear and you have to follow. I remember sitting in a Bible study one time and one lady said, well, you know, I, I've had so many breakthroughs and I did this when God told me this and that. And another lady said, well, I I, I haven't had any breakthroughs. You know, I, I prayed and the other one lady said to her, well, um, you did pray. Yes, I did pray. And did you do what you were told? No, I didn't do. Well, that's. That's why you got you're getting and you'll continue to get the results you have because you have to hear, listen and follow. That is so important. Following is the latter part of the formula just to hear. That's only half of it. That's like only eating half of your meal and saying, I'm still starved. <laughs> and people look at your plate and say, why don't you finish your food? And you'd go back to, but well, I'm, it's just not working for me. I still, I'm still starving. Why don't you follow the plan? Freedom. We're back to that marvelous concept of freedom. Knowing the truth will set you free. I don't believe that. Remember the caveat. Your belief is not a prereq for the truth. You know, freedom produces a heart full of hope. And I really enjoyed this time I spend with you today. In the meantime, until the next time, remember to be a prisoner of hope. My hope is that this journey has been fruitful and you're able to take it and apply it to your life. Until next time, tune in again for the Prisoners of Hope podcast. God bless.